0: Welcome to Season 3 of the J.K.R. Podcast presented by J.K.R. Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the J.K.R. Podcast with Season 3 of Episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J Care Podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparaco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the J.K.R. Brand Ambassador Program and the J.K.R. Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the J.K.R. Brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the J.K.R. Brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig in today's episode after word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beachwood straight grains mean for less bricks, and mine Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, On Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today, we have Indiana Bulls outfielder, 2025 Ball State baseball commit Andrew Krupa on the J. Era podcast. Andrew, pumped to get you here on the show. How are you doing here this afternoon?
1: Doing good, man. How about you?
0: Doing good, man. Um, got one last episode here this weekend. Gonna go have this episode drop next weekend. So, uh, gonna go after this. Go watch some IU baseball play. Got Connor Foley on the mound today. So, uh, new excited to see that, but. Um, you know, kind of digging into your baseball career here, kind of digging into uh um, everything you got going on. First question I always like to ask everybody to get the podcast started is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Andrew Krupa?
1: Um I like to say that I'm a pretty hard worker, you know. Um my early years, I wasn't all like a very good <clears throat> baseball player. Like I was above average, but like not like a a big uh big time recruiter or a bulls player like I am now. I sort of blossomed uh last year, last summer. That's when I started getting the ball rolling a little more. Um worked a lot more just on myself, had a uh, big time jumps and uh first glance at me like six foot four lanky kid, but uh you know, I'm. I'd surprise you just like if you never knew, uh, if I was an athlete or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty quick and I'm uh, pretty athletic. So. Okay. so. Yeah, I'd probably surprise a lot of people.
0: Okay, so you talk about being a late bloomer. There said that you weren't really one of those, you know, premier Indiana Bulls players that people think of up until you know about a year, year and a half ago, whatever. Um, kind of take us through your travel baseball experience. You know, when was it that you joined the Bulls? Was there a travel team that you played with before the Indiana Bulls? Kind of take us through that travel baseball experience.
1: Um, I just – I haven't played a game for the Bulls yet. I played for Team Indiana, which was all um, Bulls players this fall. And um, <laughs> we only had, like, me and the two other 2025s on that team. Um, I played for Top Tier Indiana last travel season. The year before that, I was on the elite for one year, and then prior to that, I was on the Tigers, basically, the Rawlings Tigers, basically, my whole life. So, so um, I was always like an above average player, but I wasn't like, you know, like one of those top top guys. You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay. Yeah. So going ahead, playing for the Rawlings Tigers, going playing for Team Indiana this past fall, top tier, a couple of the teams mixed in there. Um, Kind of take us through, you know, what are some of those relationships you've been able to build with, you know, whether that's coaches, whether that's teammates, kind of take us through some of the relationships you've been able to build throughout travel baseball.
1: Um, The camps help a lot. Um, like with camps and showcases, like you get to meet a lot of people and then you see them more and more throughout like, the more you go to. Um, I had the opportunity to – uh Get an offer to play for Team Indiana after my uh, after I got invited to go to the future games and they saw me play down there. Um, team Indiana was actually uh, the most like best experience I've had on a single baseball team in just one fall. I mean, we had guys that you always hear about, but like to get be able to play with them, it was it was pretty cool. Like Jace Lee and Nash Wagner, Griffin Tobias. I mean, I'm just a 2025, you know, and uh, playing with those guys, it's really surreal. Surreal. So you know,
0: yeah, I'm sure. And again, I can talk about that team Indiana's That team Indiana squad was pretty loaded there last fall. You know, you mentioned Jace Lee Nash. Um, RJ Cromartie comes to mind as well. DJ Shyman, all those different yeah. guys. You know, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty loaded roster there. Um, from from last fall, but um, you talk about how again being maybe a little bit of a late bloomer, playing for maybe not so mo- more known teams like the Indiana Bulls beforehand. Um, kind of take us through once you did get to that next level, get that <clears> off the <throat> play for Team Indiana, now playing for the Bulls here this upcoming summer. Um, You know, why the Indiana Bulls? You know, to kind of take us through that connection. What made you de- decide to choose them to play for them this upcoming summer? Um, kind of take us through that.
1: Well, originally, I joined them as a thought of, like, getting more, um, what's the word, like, um, publicity for myself so I can just, like, be more out there because, you know, the Bulls are, they're, like, one of those top teams that are always going to be looked at, you know? So that's what my initial thought was before. I had uh, committed to Ball State. I thought it would help my recruiting process more, but um, it ended up it ended up being that uh, I would uh commit to Ball State before I even played with them. So now I'm just on their team. Uh, you know, I was gonna see where it would take me, but uh, it didn't take as long as I thought it would. So you know.
0: Okay, so as you go through that, as you kind of look ahead there to that first summer playing for the Indiana Bulls, I was last summer playing travel baseball in general as well. Kind of take us through, you know, what's that excitement playing for them this upcoming summer? What are some of those expectations that you have for yourself but also for the Indiana Bulls team? Kind of take us through what that excitement is for that final year.
1: Um. Yeah, we got some really good players. <laughs> um, obviously, expect myself to play really well. Um, all the time, you know, just being like, um, a, a confident and, you know, motivated player, but, um, we should be really good. Um, we have a lot of good guys, some big time guys and yeah, I, I'm not going to be the only one committed so far. So, you know what I mean? We have, we have good stuff.
0: Yeah. And uh, you talk about how the Futures Games, you know, obviously you kind of, I'm sure you kind of balled out there. You said that was a main reason you got connected with Team Indiana. Um, Take us through that experience. You know, Futures Games, obviously one of the biggest events there for the uncommitted guys here and across the country. Um, Kind of take us through what that experience was like, the day-to-day, the atmosphere. Kind of take us through that Futures Game experience.
1: Um, It was awesome. Um, You know, having like, you see all these scouts for the first time and you're, you're just, your brain like races like, you get one hit and you just think, like, man, wh- man, what's going to happen now? You know what I'm saying? But um, I didn't necessarily ball out there. Uh, I did play, like, decent, not up to my standards, but um, it got me to where um, Ball State was interested in me, you know. It got me to that uh, Team Indiana offer, and it got me that Bulls offer. So I played good enough, you know. Yeah, I, uh, it was really fun though. It was a great experience going down there, and yeah, definitely ha- has me where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And I talk to a lot of guys who go to the futures games, and they always talk about you know how great experience that is. They also talk about how many coaches are there. You're looking around Lake Point; they're seeing pretty much any college they can think of. They're seeing a coach yep. there. Um, kind of take us through that. You know, what was that mindset for you going, being an event like that? I'm sure it's probably the biggest event at that moment in time for you, um, kind of take us through, you know, what that mindset was and kind of blocking out all the coaches that were watching you.
1: The mindset I had going in is uh, it's still a game, you know, and I just got to go out there and play my game. And uh, I gave 110% effort to everything just so they know that like type of player I am running out balls, you know, getting the steal, just stretching an extra base, anything so I can, stand out among all those coaches that are watching and uh, just keeping it simple, really not trying to overthink as much.
0: Okay. So I'm sure that futures game was uh, you know, pretty good experience for you in terms of like memory, something that you'll remember for a long time, uh, but kind of looking back on your entire travel baseball experience. So whether that's playing for team Indiana this past fall, going to all the tournaments that you guys went through there, playing for tops here, playing for the tigers, playing for some of those other teams mixed in there too. Um, Kind of take us through what some of those favorite travel baseball memories would be as you look back on these past couple of years.
1: Um, I think I first started to, like, bloom. Like, the start of my bloom would have been 14U when I was starting to get really good. Um, I had a really fun uh, travel season that year with the Tigers. Uh, We won the state championship game or state tournament tournament. And um, it was a really fun experience. We had great chemistry, and then uh, the year after that, I we all uh, like moved to top tier, or it was called the elite, but now it's called top tier. And uh, we just kept on rolling with that. Then that those uh, I played with them one other year, and then that's when I started getting more into camps and showcases really trying to get myself out there. And uh, those helped me get into the future games and what's led to me being on Team Indiana and the Bulls.
0: Okay, so making that transition a little bit from travel baseball to more of the high school scene, again, playing on a very very high-level high school team as well with Center Grove, um, kind of take us through your freshman, your sophomore year, playing on a loaded squad like that, going through a great program, um, Kind of take us through what the high school experience has been like so far.
1: Freshman year, though, no, I was still figuring out things. Um, I uh, wasn't the best uh, my freshman year. Uh, I was p- still playing dual. I was pitching and I was playing the field. Um, my sophomore year is when I got a little, little I'd say a lot better, actually. Um, I did as much as I could. I think almost everything I could have t- but uh I still wasn't varsity that year because um, of all the loaded people we had that year and we made it to state it was uh still cool and fun to like just have that experience of that going to state and uh, this year should be fun gonna we we'll probably go on a ride again and we're still good
0: So looking back on those past couple of years, again, you talk about how loaded those teams were there at Center Grove. You said you're making big jumps there when it comes to going from your freshman to your sophomore year. Um, Kind of looking back on it, who would have been maybe some of those upperclassmen that maybe took you underneath your wing, underneath their wing, kind of maybe showed you the ropes of high school baseball, said, you know, hey, this is what you should expect these next couple of years. You know, Kind of take us through who some of those older guys would have been who maybe showed you the ropes of high school baseball.
1: Um, there's a lot, but the biggest two I'd say were Grant Sawa and Ben Murphy, both at Purdue Fort Wayne. Now they, uh, were really influential and, uh, they both took me under their wing and we, we created a a huge bond between the two of us or three of us. And, um, we just work a lot and then we'd hang out on the side workout on the side and it was really fun being a being a sophomore hanging out with those seniors they just they just help you out and just makes you feel special you know
0: Mm -hmm, for sure and again you talk about how loaded that team was there last year guys losing quite a few guys off that team sure you're stepping up into a bigger role kind of take us through going through your first year of varsity baseball there at center grove what are some of those expectations that you have how do you see yourself stepping up what do you think maybe some adjustments you're going to have to make these upcoming next coming months will be kind of take us through some of those expectations for your junior year?
1: Um, I'm going to have to say that I'm going to have to play more of a leader role. You know, we're young and I'm going to get looked up to, uh, I'm going to just have to be more mature for these other guys, you know, because this is serious. Like it's not like we're, we're here to win. So, and um Throughout the season, I get some expectations I have for myself. Um, obviously want to play really good, hit really good, but I kind of just want to follow that uh previous our previous varsity season and show people that we're still good. And even though we lost a lot of people, that we're still going to be good and we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, for sure. And a team like Center Grove, obviously, there's never really like a rebuild there for you guys. I feel like you guys are always reloading again. Obviously, have you. Noah Coy, A.J. Beggs. I'm sure there's some other guys mixed in there as well who I'm missing. But, um, you know, always a loaded squad there for Center Grove. But, you know, as we talk about the success of Center Grove, the runs you guys have made in previous years, the runs you're hoping to make this upcoming year and your senior year as well, you going through these past couple of years, obviously, like you said, learning from Murphy, learning from the other PFW guy, kind um, of take us through, you know, what do you think's led to the Center Grove success? What do you think the coaches and the, the coaches are doing right um, to maybe build a winning culture, for you being an insider, what do you think led to that Center Grove success?
1: Um, it starts when we're young. We have a Center Grove Little League that's uh, also coached by Coach Hatfield. And um, then we grow into this, our strength program. And um, it's not just building muscle. It's about building quickness and uh, athleticism as well. So that's a big part of our uh, success and um, once you get to the high school level, there's a uh, the culture there is seen right away. Like Coach Hatfield, he's like a perfectionist, and and uh, he's old school. So we keep our stuff clean. Uh, we get every, we do everything as a team. We stretch together. We uh, run together. We uh, we're not allowed to you know like misalign if one person like messes up. We all got to do it again and everything's really focused and intense. So you could tell um, that what we're trying to accomplish there and uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, kind of moving it into the recruiting process here for you again, committed there. I believe it was late September, early October when you made that commitment there to ball state, you know, obviously going yeah. through playing for you know, in the futures games, playing for team Indiana. I'm sure that played a huge role with that commitment to ball state, but Um, Kind of take us through that. You know, when was it that was getting started for you? Um, When was it that some of those coaches kind of started reaching out? Kind of take us through that recruiting process.
1: Um, It started um, as soon as it could have, August 1st. Actually, my first text was from Ball State, August 1st, 1201 a.m., which was pretty cool. But um, that's, that's when it's first legal to reach out to juniors, that are uh, playing baseball to offer, but um, it was that was really cool. I showed my dad that text that night, was we were still awake, and then he started calling me. And the next day we had another call. We were just talking about, you know, like me as a player and uh, and um, like getting down there for a visit eventually. Um, I did have some other schools, but if that ball state really wanted me and it was really cool to go up there and like tour the tour, the campus and the facilities. And, um, I had the, actually the head coach, um, take me uh, around campus instead of, uh, like an assistant coach or, you know, someone like that. Right. So it just felt more personal and, uh, it felt like a really good fit for me. So, that's what I went with.
0: Okay. So you talk about how, you know, August 1st, obviously you being the class of 2025, you guys are kind of that first class that had to deal with, okay, well, coaches can't talk to me until August 1st, this and that, whatever Um, kind of take us through. Obviously you're going through futures games that week before you're being seen by college coaches kind of take us through. What was that excitement there leading up to August 1st? Like, did you think some college coaches were reaching out? What was the mindset there? Um, kind of take us through those days leading up to August first, up until you get that text there from the Ball State coaching staff.
1: Um, until that day, I was told by Cooper Trinkle that um, some schools had an interest in me, <clears throat> but I did not expect um getting reached out to that early by Ball State. Obviously, that was the first minute it was legal. So, and um, it really is a cool process. Like you don't expect like how um, like you always like think about it, but once it actually happens to you, it's, it's different. So it was really fun, really cool process.
0: Okay. So during August 1st, obviously, like you said, ball state reaching out there to you 12.01, you're hopping on phone calls there that next day, I'm sure quite a few phone calls there that Pat those weeks coming after the August 1st as well. Um, Kind of take us through, you know, during those first phone calls with coaches, you know, what's going through your mind kind of you know, what do you, what are maybe some questions that you're asking the coaching staff as well? Maybe some questions they're asking you to um, kind of take us through what those initial phone calls were looking like, and maybe what's going through your mind as well. Just realizing that this dream of playing college baseball um, is becoming closer to reality.
1: Yeah. Um, I got some advice from my older brother that um, already went through this and he said that you, they are looking for you to ask a question like, So when I went into the call out, you have to listen to everything, obviously. And, um, when they say any questions, you you basically have to ask a question. You can't just say, no, that's what they're looking for. So every time I would just ask like what their goal for me was or where they see me, like how, how do they see me fitting into their program? And, um, it impressed a lot of, a lot of coaches and, uh, I got to give props to my older brother there because I wouldn't have probably asked any questions if if he didn't tell me to, so, yeah.
0: All right, so as you're kind of going through, I know you're asking questions, stuff like that. You said you're getting on campus. You said, Coach, I believe Coach Maloney was there showing you around, giving you that campus tour. you said it felt very personable for you. But even beyond that, you know, as you're going through, you said you're talking to Ball State, other schools reaching out as well. Um, Take us through, what were some of those other key things that you were looking for when it came to choosing a college?
1: Um, Also uh, the education, you know, they're a pretty decent, I want to study um, business in a college. That's what I've always wanted to do. So uh, they're a pretty good business school. Um, They're not very far away from my house. I believe they're about little little under an hour so that's also convenient and um <clears throat> on campus they took me to their like they had their head um like the guy that runs like the, all the business majors and they took me to like their classes and stuff and showed me like what they do and um I thought that's what made it extra personal to to me and um I uh, had the opportunity to meet the whole team and the whole team was nice, you know, coming up to me, introducing themselves, shaking my hand. I got to see all their facilities. It's nice. They're gonna get some new stuff too. So that was really what what uh, made me made my decision.
0: OK, so as you kind of talked about this recruiting process, I mean, it sounds like Ball State couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, you said you're sh- saying, you know, the business school professors coming through, coming through, showing you some classes. Coach Maloney showing you around campus. You love the facilities. You love some of the guys that are playing there already at the moment. I guess at what point, what was that final click that made you realize Ball State was going to be the spot for you?
1: Yeah, so um, the quote, what it really clicked was uh, me and my dad had a big talk about it and compared to any other school, their culture was a lot different. And it, it showed um, coach Maloney described themselves as very gritty and uh, like uh, their dogs over there. Like they got, they work for stuff. And um, even though like bigger D one schools, he said that he'd rather work for stuff than just have stuff handed to his players. So, and I like that idea. and, um, I also like that uh he sees me he's very uh confident in me and sees me going um past the collegiate level. So I like that idea. And um I also fit his uh his ideal uh recruit, uh recruiter player. His ideal player. He um looks for those tall, lanky guys that he can fill in a little bit. And make them become stronger, and then next thing you know, that they're hitting bombs and um, they're getting drafted. So it was uh, that's what really made me like, once I knew that he believes in me and he saw a lot in me, that's uh, what helped me. So,
0: okay, so from the sounds of it, it sounds like you and Coach Maloney, for the most part, were able to build a pretty good relationship. Throughout that recruiting process, obviously you have to build a good relationship with the head coach um, to commit to that school anyway. But, you know, we're looking at now, what, five months since that commitment kind of take us through, how is that relationship with coach Maloney, some of the other guys on that ball state coaching staff, how has that relationship evolved since that commitment there in October?
1: Um, You know, they have reached out some, sometimes um, they'll see something on Twitter and then, uh, send me it and say swing looks great, you know, or keep on working. And um, they'll wish me uh like they'll wish me a happy birthday or happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. And uh, we just keep in touch. Um, obviously I send the same to them, but um, haven't had two in-depth conversations, but we just, we keep in touch.
0: Okay. So sticking on that topic of relationships here, again, you being an Indiana guy, only being, like you said, a little over an hour from your house, I'm sure you'll be able to build some relationships with some of those future Ball State Cardinal teammates. Um, kind of take us through that. You know, what are some of those relationships with maybe guys in the 25 class, maybe guys in the 24 class, even guys on campus now at the moment? Um, what are some of those relationships looking like with future teammates?
1: Um, Obviously I played with uh dj in the fall at team indiana we got a pretty good relationship um played with uh houston i believe that's how you say his name uh in the future games and i've hit with brant kindle a couple of times at powerhouse so um got a lot of people i already know and um as of for uh people on campus right now um I've talked to Jacob Hartlob a couple of times. Um, I talked to their whole team actually when I went there, but um, I talked to him the most when I was there and uh, he's a pretty cool guy. I don't know. I don't think he'll still, he, he better not still be there when I go there. So.
0: <laughs> All right. So, well, uh, you know, as we kind of to look ahead there to the future too, when you do get the ball state, Um, last baseball segment I want to dig into is, you know, more on the break on the more on the on the field play. So when you do get the ball state, obviously you are an outfielder. Do you see yourself more at the corner spot? Do you see yourself more in center field? I guess kind of take us through that when you do look ahead, get to that next level. Where are you seeing yourself defensively?
1: Um, I've always told, told coaches that, uh, I can play anywhere they want me. They need me to be. Uh, I'm I'm really fine with playing anywhere in the outfield, but um, obviously I'm I'm taller, I'm a little quicker than most people, and uh, at that level, at that level at Ball State, um, I see myself anywhere playing more in in right field than any other place because um, I do have a good arm, I can I can cover a lot of field. And uh, that's where he told me, uh, him personally, that uh, he said, you like playing right field? He goes, and I said, "Um, yeah, I can play anywhere. And he goes, man, you look like you'd be a good right fielder. So that looks like uh, where I might end up at.
0: Okay, yeah. Anytime anytime, uh, the head coach is wanting you in a certain spot, I'm sure that's that's probably a spot you want to be at. But uh, uh, I guess kind of flipping it from the defensive side to more of the offensive side here. Um, Kind of take us through your hitting approach. You know, what's that looking like when it comes to maybe you're on deck? Maybe you're walking up to the batter's box. Kind of what's going through your mind there at that point? Kind of take us through what the hitting approach is looking like.
1: Yeah, um, ever since uh, I was uh, not very little, but since I was younger, um, I always I was a skinnier kid, so I had to think a line drive approach every time I went up there. And um, since I've gotten stronger, that same approach has helped me. And um, and I still think line drive approach, but now um, whenever I can get a hold of a ball, it, I can hit an occasional home run or very deep, deep shot. And every time I'm up there, I just think, like, hit, hit, hit something hard. So I'm not trying to do too much. I'm just trying to get my hands on top of the ball, find a barrel, and uh, usually something good happens. Okay.
0: Um, do you kind of want to dig into your two-strike approach there as well? Um, kind of take us through Does that approach change much there when you get two strikes, or do you kind of keep it the same no matter what that count is?
1: Yeah, it changes. I'll usually um, choke up on the bat a little, loosen up, and uh, I'm thinking line drive left field over shortstop or third base. Um, I don't really shorten up as much. I might, like – I might like uh take my step a little earlier just so I can uh just so I can get to the ball quicker if uh if I need to adjust but um that's usually my mindset just shoot the ball the other way choke up a little bit and uh not strike out
0: okay so uh it's kind of looking at your game's entirety here so whether this is you know playing the outfield whether this is hitting whether this is even running bases whatever if you were a scout watching your game what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself?
1: Um, I would say very tall, very lanky, plenty of room for, um, um, what's that word, development or um, like fill in muscle. Can't find the right word, but um, definitely um, I could put on some muscle and I'm quick good on the base path that's what I would notice about myself and um, I can make pretty good defensive plays and I'm a hard out at the plate so that's that's what I would say
0: okay so you talk a little bit about development there obviously like we started talking about before we started recording you're there trading with Cooper Trinkle PBR head scout guy that I have a pretty good relationship there as well Um, let's go ahead let's give him a little bit of love Kind of take us through, you know, what's that training been like there with Cooper? What have been some of the biggest things you've learned from him? Um, How beneficial has Cooper been to your baseball career and just your development here this past offseason?
1: Yeah, he's great. Um, He's helped me a lot with my lower half. Um, My lower half, I wasn't getting uh, involved too much. So um, ever since I added on that lower half, that's where I've been able to hit balls a lot harder and further. And uh, I joke with him a lot about like about like if we were to fight or something that i would always like kick his ass or whatever but <laughs> but um but yeah i really do appreciate what he's done and he's amazing he's an amazing person and he's helped me tremendously so props sure. to you cooper.
0: i mean cooper cooper's a pretty thick guy i mean he's uh yeah. i'm sure he i'm sure he can scramble around i'm sure he can uh if a fight went down i'm sure he could probably hold his own but
1: yeah, um, but I, I never say that, so.
0: <laughs> um, But uh, last baseball question here, Um, for, before we dig into that last segment, maybe digging more into the personal side. Um, Again, sticking on that topic of development, kind of looking ahead here to these next couple of years, whether that's training with Cooper, whether that's working by yourself, whatever. Um, What are some of those things you're wanting to work on most before you're getting to campus there in Muncie at Ball State?
1: Um I definitely need to put on some more pounds. I'm uh, currently around 185 um which is good. I've put on around 20 pounds since the beginning of um summer. So so if I keep doing that, I think I have a good chance to start playing right away once I get there. And um also just keep working in the cage, you know, try to try to get my outfit up a little more and uh, I'll be pretty good. Uh, I'll be happy with myself before I get on campus.
0: Okay. So uh, digging into that final segment here, again, more stuff on the personal side here to end it off Um, kind of passions beyond the game of baseball. You know, what are some of those things that you enjoy doing beyond the game? Maybe some things you do to maybe take your mind off of it. What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball?
1: No, I've got a pretty good friend group right now. I love hanging out with them. It's almost every single weekend. I'm with I'm with them, and it's like clockwork at this point. You know, like it just helps me get my mind off things. We all um, well have really good chemistry, and uh, it's like nothing really matters anymore once you're with your good friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And, um, sorry, go ahead. I also, like getting out, like doing things. Um, I'll just. I like fishing. I, I had a good conversation with Coach Maloney about fishing. He loves fishing. Um, obviously can't fish that much right now, but that's also something I do.
0: All right. So when uh, when fishing season comes back along, um, I guess kind of take us through, what, what's that favorite fishing member, fishing story that comes to mind? I talked to a lot of baseball players who are fishing as well. Um, they always seem like they have some sort of fishing story that comes to mind what would be that most memorable fishing story for you?
1: Um, this actually happened around last year uh, or la- this summer, actually. Um, me, Ben Murphy, um, Drew Colbertson, now at Missouri. Um, we all went to this uh, pond right behind the Grove Little League. And uh you're actually not supposed to fish there, but um <laughs> <laughs> but um we uh tripled up and I got the biggest bass, which was around nine pounds. So it was uh pretty cool and they always they all got five plus pounders. This pond is stacked, man, but uh they won't let you fish there. So it was a pretty cool memory. And once we got that, we got a picture and we got out of there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> get out of there quick. But uh, uh, moving from uh, the passions more to the motivation side here, kind um, of take us through, you know, what, what, what motivates you to get out of bed every morning, continuously evolve as a ball player? Um, what would be some of those key motivators for you?
1: Uh, I'm always motivated to get better. Um, I'm motivated to be better than my brother, uh, you know. he's uh, He inspired me a lot. He went to Greenwood High School, got drafted his senior year at high school, got drafted his sophomore year of college, you know, so I'm always referred to his, uh, his little brother. Uh, and, um, I just want to make a name for myself, you know, like just motivated to, um, be better. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And as you kind of touch on your, you, you talk about your brother there, obviously, you know, I've got a little brother as well. There's always co- competition going on amongst brothers and that's a great thing to have to, uh, you know, just be competitive and just try, try, try to be better than um your older brother. But obviously, with him being a guy who did get drafted, has that baseball experience. You know, you talked about him helping you throughout that recruiting process as well. Um, you know, what benefits do you think comes to your career learning from an older brother like that?
1: Um, he's a lot older than me. He's around um eleven years older than me. So I got to watch him play growing up. Um, I got to be in the facilities and, uh, the locker rooms when, uh, he was at Iowa Western and IU. So it was, uh, it was really fun to watch him, watch him play. And, uh, it inspired me to want to get to that level as well. So it's, uh, he's a great person. He's always inspired me to get better. And he, we used to, we used to fight a lot, but ever since, We've gotten older, uh, we've matured, and he's a uh, he's a great guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, taking that motivation question just a little bit further, let's say you keep tr- you know staying motivated, you keep getting better, you keep developing. You know, you keep that motivation to keep getting better than your to to be better than your brother. What does that perfect picture of your life look like in twenty years if everything's <laughs> going right?
1: Um, twenty years, hopefully, I'm still playing baseball, but that's a that is a big statement, but um, yeah, if all goes right, I mean, uh, I've done everything I needed to do. I've uh, given a hundred percent and uh, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, uh, I won't have any regrets. So.
0: All right. So I got six more questions here for you before we do end it off. Going to go and ask them in a rapid fire pace. We'll do three rounds of two questions here. So first round, coolest contact in your phone. You're scrolling through those contacts. Who's that coolest contact that not too many people have? And then second question, go to playlist. Whether that's drive, whether that's driving up to Muncie, whether that's going for a workout, whatever. What would be that go to playlist?
1: Um, favorite contact uh, or most famous contact um, is probably Dan Held. I don't have very many, uh, you know, famous people in my contacts, so but he is pretty pretty big, so I'd probably say him. And uh, playlist um, can't go wrong with Drake, man. You know, what I'm saying. So, I'm a big Drake guy, and uh something upbeat usually to get me going.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Drake's been in it for, on it for a long time. I haven't listened to many of his albums lately, but I remember. I always tell people this, like you know, back in like 2K12 and stuff like that. Always seeing his his old school songs go out, and obviously, he's still. Um, you know, uh, at the top of the charts today. So he's definitely been in it for a long time. A uh, uh, great rapper there, but, uh, um, second round of two questions here for you. Um, dream destination. You get to travel anywhere in the world for, let's just say a week where are you heading? And then second question, you're having dinner with three people dead or alive. Who would be at that table?
1: Um, destination. I'm definitely going to Alaska to, experience uh like just the wilderness there. I always um liked, you know, mountains and uh like cool animals they don't get to see where you're currently at. And uh you can definitely fish there as well. So I just I'd say some good place in Alaska. Okay. And um three three people at our dinner. Um I'd probably say My grandpa, first of all, he uh, passed away in uh, 2020. He was really old, though. I'd just like to see him again. Um, Probably Jackie Robinson. Just questioned him a lot. You know, he went through a lot of stuff. And um, um, let's see one more. And probably Michael Jordan.
0: Okay. All right. Uh good good table there. Definitely some good conversations going on, I'm sure. But uh um last two questions here for you before we do end it off. First off, TikTok for you page. Scrolling through TikTok, what are some of those different videos that you're seeing? I know that algorithm is always pushing out some good videos. And then last question, dream NIL brand. You get to Ball State there in a couple of years, get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate or partner with?
1: Um, sorry. What was the first question? <laughs> uh,
0: TikTok for you page.
1: I got you. So, um, I uh, I always scroll, and um, every single time within like the first three videos, um, uh, I'll get a Pawn Stars episode
0: <laughs> on my for you
1: page, and then next thing I know, I'm going on the profile and I'm scrolling through like twenty parts, and then I'll watch the next episode. So that's what's taking over my feed right now. Every time I keep on doing that, I just see more and more pawn stars.
0: Okay. All right. So, always I always love that. Are they still are they still making episodes for pawn stars or is that uh, just reruns?
1: I have no idea, but that's what I, that's what on is on my for you page right now. So Okay.
0: All right. And uh what will be that Dream NIL brand?
1: Um Nike's obviously a big one. You know, they're very clean. They've always been a big brand for athletes and um probably uh i wouldn't mind adidas too you know they're always cool and i don't wear them as much as nike but if i got them i wouldn't complain
0: yeah, of course. I mean, Nike, Adidas, some, some of the biggest brands out there, obviously if they're reaching out, you're doing something right within your baseball career. And again, I think Ball State, I think they are in Nike school. So uh, you definitely got a couple of years there getting some nice, uh, nice quality gear there from Nike. But um, anyway, man, that, like I said, final question here on the J care podcast. Um, do really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great meeting you. Great getting to learn everything about your baseball career, playing for team Indiana this uh, this past fall playing for the Bulls this upcoming summer, committing to Ball State, stuff like that. Um, It was great getting to learn everything about that for you. But, again, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Do want to wish you the best of luck as you go through this upcoming spring, go through the next couple of years, go to Ball State, hopefully years and years beyond that as well, maybe surpassing your brother there Um, in, in a couple of years. But, again, man, just appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Yep, you're welcome. Glad to be here.